Hello and welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion. This episode is a very special episode. This is the 50th episode of the podcast. And so what I've done is I've I've asked a couple of the guests from week one from October of 2018 to come back and talk to me a little bit about the past two years and what's been going on. The first of those, Danny Roberts, once of Decca Records, now of Made Records, came back. Like with many of the other more recent podcasts, we spoke over the internet and we talked about the last two years. We talked about him leaving Decca and moving to an independent record label that is really, really fixed on developing acts and the differences there what he's been getting involved with and everything in between it's always nice to catch up with old friends it was a great conversation so check it out two years since I came into to Decca, yeah, uh, it was uh, what twenty eighteen. The World Cup was was going on. England were doing all right. It was hot. Were we still in it? Yeah, we were at that moment. I think just. I think we were we were loving life as England supporters. I remember those two days <laughs> when we bit when we won a penalty shootout. Yeah. For the first yeah. time. Two years. Wow. Where's that gone, eh? Well, but then, and then I released the podcast in yeah. kind of October of of 2018. And then you went and completely undermined everything that you said in it by like a month later leaving Decca. Yeah. What did I undermine? Well, I can't well just the fact that we were talking about your, your oh, yeah. career at Decca. And a month after after that conversation came out, you weren't at Decca anymore. Well, it was chaos, to be honest, because I probably, when we were having that conversation, I probably knew that there was changes ahead. Mm. Uh, I didn't necessarily know where I was going, but there were a couple of opportunities on my on my desk. That and the fact that I was suffering from a from an aura migraine during the middle of the uh, the podcast, this, <sighs> it was it was chaos. But no, um, I, I I sort of obviously listened back to that that podcast and. Um, a few times actually and I wasn't in a particularly good place with with my career and I wasn't right. particularly happy doing what I was doing I don't know if that came across but um it was definitely a moment where I thought god I need to do something different here I need a new challenge uh I was just frustrated I think and I'd been there a long time so what was it about the that current uh time that was frustrating because you you'd just uh, you'd made some interesting signings, some bands that you're still shouting about now for obvious yeah. reasons, because you you are proud of the mm. things that you've been doing. Um, but yeah, so there was there was obviously positives, but not yeah. All I've been plugging away on on a couple of those acts for quite a long time. Reese Lewis, who we discussed on the last podcast, 
we'd been trying to make a record for a very long time. It wasn't, I mean, we were releasing music and it was going well, but there were, we hadn't had that moment of luck. We hadn't had that breakthrough at streaming at that point. So we were just spending money and um, that was getting a little bit scary because we were probably maybe just under two years or maybe over two years into the process. And, and when you're two years into a process with a new artist that hasn't released an album um, and streaming and uh, et cetera, et cetera, and live hasn't really taken off, it can get a little bit, uh, it can weigh on you. Um, What's the pressure like coming well, you, down on you at, in that sort of situation? The pressure sort of comes from different angles. You get the pressure from, from your label mates, you know, to, to deliver the right music. You, you get pressure from the, the artists themselves. Uh, you know, have I signed to the right label? Are they doing what's best for my career? You have pressure from them. The manager, of course, I, I was getting quite a lot of pressure from the, the agent as well. You know, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this to activate these opportunities in the live arena. Um, and I just remember it being that moment where I thought, where, where are we going to get this little moment of luck, this breakthrough? Um, and of course it did, it did happen. And he's gone on to, and his streaming figures are ridiculous now. He's got, I think he's, he's at close to sort of 250 million streams. And I think No Right to Love You, which is the song that we recorded 15 times, yeah. uh, has now had over 100 million streams alone. So um, we got there in the end. It's yeah. just, and that was just one of sort of eight or nine projects. I'd taken on a number of new projects that I hadn't signed at the label. And um, my colleague, Ollie Harrop, who, who was a great friend, he, he'd moved on. And so I, I was sort of, I had this, my roster doubled overnight pretty much. And um, yeah, I touched on it last time. I was, I was working too hard. I wasn't, I didn't have my uh, sort of work, uh, home life balance in order. And um, so yeah, something needed to change really. How long had you been at Decca by that point? Well, I, the day I left, it was eight, eight, eight years, years in total. So and how I, long I, are you seeing A&R people stick around in one place for? Is that, was that a long time to be at one place? That was a long time. And I got to a crossroads where it was, okay, Danny, you can be a lifer here. You can stay here forever. And I can make a career and work my way, hopefully, if I would have stayed, work my way up through through the ranks there. Um, but you kind of need to learn something new and, and mm -hmm. you get a bit comfortable and you, um, I was getting frustrated with the team around me. I was impatient. I wasn't mixing with the, 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 the people that, that worked there. I remember looking around the office thinking I'm one of the longest serving members of staff here now, one of the sort of more experienced members of staff. How has that happened? Um, and so I just made that decision let's try something new and, and it just coincided with a with a brilliant opportunity obviously which is what I moved on to yeah, yeah, yeah. on to do which is with a company called made made and we don't we don't make furniture obviously there is there is um, yes yeah a company that do that but um management made. company to begin with yes yeah management company um that launched out of Bergen in Norway uh, I'd had a really great relationship with the guys that ran that ran that company, uh, particularly um, Gare and and Pear, uh, Gare Ludi and Pear Meigland, who were the sort of masterminds behind um, Aurora and also then Sigrid. Mm -hmm. And I was, of course, uh, I'd signed Aurora and I'd worked with the Maid guys for probably about three and a half, four years by that point. 
and was also quite heavily involved in sort of early development bits and bobs with with Sigrid as well. Um, so yeah, we we just had a really great relationship. Universal, my old employer, had spotted that that made were doing some great things with development, I think, and thought we we want a bit of that, and so invested in in Made. Uh, obviously, as you say, Made was a management company at the time, but they invested in Made to launch a label. Right. Um, the the management company launched the label, I think probably nine months before I moved over, but they didn't fully commit to it. I think they very quickly learned, the company very quickly learned, you can't half-heartedly launch a record label. You just can't do it. Right. And they had done that, and it wasn't really clicking. It, they didn't really have the processes in order. They didn't have the, t- the, the staff, the team. They hadn't done enough work on kind of letting people know what they were doing. Right. And um, so when I moved over, it was certainly uh, a sign of intent from Pear um, to sort of go, right, we're going to try and do this properly now. So there was some signings, some artists signed to the label side, or was that one of the things that hadn't really been done with any great vigor yet there were a few there were a few artists that had maybe come through the management side that needed an outlet to release right and 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 made records were there there was a few bits and bobs but the deals weren't particularly clear i remember moving over and thinking i i I don't really know what the process is here the purpose of made records is to be a feeder label or was to be a feeder label to universal music that was why made was there and i remember the deals didn't necessarily reflect that they were kind of like one-off single deals and things like that which is the complete opposite of of development in my eyes so Um, a lot of work when I moved over, which was of course in November, 2018, a lot of work for the first three months was pair and I sat in a room talking about what it was that we wanted to achieve, how we, where we wanted the label to sit amongst the, uh, you know, the other labels who were our rivals, all of that. We went through all of the old, the old sort of tools that we learned at university, actually. What's your mission statement? (laughs) <laughs> we did all of that. We did we did SWATs, we did porters, we did all of those different kind of things. So um Was that suddenly the first time you thought, ah, all that university stuff's coming in handy now? It was. I think Pear thought I'd lost the plot actually because I was bringing all these management tools in, but they were useful and yeah, they do yeah. they do help you kind of get a, a a grasp of kind of where you sit and and where you can fit in and what role you can you you can do. Mm-hmm. So we did that for 3 months and then after that it was okay let's figure out processes let's work on let's work out how we're gonna we're gonna um, become a fully functioning efficient record label and that took a while as well so how does it before we get on to kind of the day-to-day of what a feeder label is and stuff like that how does the relationship work with universal are you are you an imprint of a major are you kind of your own little thing that you can do whatever you like and you've just got a little bit of financial help from them how does that all fit together yeah we we are we are a feeder label too um we are not officially a sub label so we call ourselves an independent label but we 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 don't filter into one particular label i think most feeder labels uh, uh in the past have kind of plugged into to one label um whether that's island or polydor or or, or, or virgin or 
Virgin EMI, EMI as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we did a deal with uh, David Joseph, um, who's obviously the boss in the UK, and at the time Daniel Lieberberg, who was the boss in Germany. So it was a, a sort of JV with UK and, and Germany, Universal right. UK and Germany. Um, Daniel then moved on to, to, to Sony, and um, obviously we, that that was just one of many kind of uh challenges that we had to address as a label to kind of find our new point of contact in in germany and all all of that sort of stuff um but we yeah we 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 don't filter into a particular label but we are distributed by universal music okay that's the main the main thing that ties us to universal the purpose of the label is to develop artists to a point where uh, either the stats are convincing enough to upstream to one of the labels uh, or um, we, we get it to a point where there are a number of interested parties um, that, that would like to potentially sign the act. So uh, I, I was pretty naive when I started at Made Records and I thought we're going to sign X amount of acts and we are going to release one EP and we will then upstream to a label of our choice and it's all going to be really easy and lovely but in reality it doesn't doesn't really work like that right. um, there's many factors uh, that contribute to why that isn't the case um, we are in a position as a label now again we'll probably discuss this in more detail where I've been there a year and uh, eight or nine months now mm-hmm. um, the first year was just sorting out processes and figuring out how to run a label and this year was going to be focused on releasing and launching and, and, and building these acts. Yeah. Obviously, it's been a difficult year for, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. So we haven't actually done an upstream yet. We are still doing what I love, which is the development phase with these with these artists, with these acts. Um, the roster is there's about nine acts now yep. on, on, on made records. And we've probably started the rollout on about five of those. So we've okay. got more to come. Um, later later this year that we, we're just making some records at the moment with some some new signings so there's we very quickly realized that it's 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 a it's a long game and it's going to take uh longer than than i first thought to 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 to, to do these upstream there's different ways that we can work as a label just it's important to mention this we did a deal once uh, one of the first deals we did with an artist called sam johnson where he had already signed to universal music and we did a downstream so management felt like it wasn't the right look to necessarily release sam johnson music straight away on island island records and so we did a downstream we did a deal where we released the first ep for, for okay. sam johnson uh, and then he has since uh moved on uh, to, to universal back and, to, yeah yeah frontline yeah okay so it's it's a quite a fluid process it's kind of something that maybe not a lot of people would understand as what majors what bigger companies do and how it all fits together one of the one of the things i wanted to talk about was a little bit about the the relationship that labels have with one another and especially mm. from your perspective but um before we go on to that you know, what are you as in in your role as looking for acts that are kind of early, early doors, what are you looking for? 
Well, that was obviously one of the things I needed to figure out in that first year because you can't just, again, so naive, you can't just leave a frontline major record label, start up a new label and think, right, I'm going to compete for the same artists yeah. that, that these other labels are, are, are trying to sign. Financially, we, were, we, we weren't able to compete and we can't compete. Um, and, and, and also, you know, in terms of the size of our team and there's so many reasons why um, that just doesn't work and it doesn't make sense. So we had to sort of figure out what sort of artists we needed to sign, where they were in their career, mm-hmm. where were they at? And, and I would say it was a step earlier than what I was signing when I was at Universal. Right. So we, we are signing artists that are showing signs of potential, have huge amounts of talent, but maybe aren't quite the finished article yet. Probably signing artists a year, 18 months earlier than what I was when I was at a frontline major label. Okay. With that comes challenges because we've signed artists that don't have management. We've signed artists that have uh, no real, had no real sense of identity about who they were, where they fitted in musically, what, what they were about. So it, need, it, it definitely, there was more sort of focus on helping those artists figure that out. So what attracts you? So if we take one of those artists to begin with, you know, there's someone who hasn't necessarily worked out their identity yet, what about them has attracted you? Is it literally just raw kind of vocal talent? Is it the songs are great, but there's not an image yet? Or, you know, is there, is there any examples you can Yeah, yeah, I can, can definitely give? give examples. It varies from, it depends case by case, but a, a person that I, I often reference is a, a young, uh, a new artist called Christy. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I signed him, when Pear and I signed him, he didn't even have that name. His name is Christy O'Donnell. You know, that's one of the things that over the process of a year and a half, we have decide, you know, work together and figured out an artist's name. Drop the surname. Yep. Yeah. And what attracted me to him, he's a, a 23 year old um, with an incredibly one, like beautiful, beautiful vocal that you just can't ignore. He uh, has a background in TV and film. He's an actor. Right. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience, but just in a slightly different industry. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would say that there's sort of transferable skills there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got, you know, he's, you put him in front of a camera and um, he's very comfortable interviews, all of those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So um, with, with Christy, he was an artist that I'd met and been in talks with when I was at Decca, and it didn't quite feel right. For whatever reason, it didn't feel like he was quite there. And so when moving over to MADE, it was the perfect opportunity to sign an artist and spend a year working with him and his manager, building a team around him and figuring out where he sat as an artist. He came to us with 50 songs and an incredible voice. Um, and we, we worked really hard on, on, on figuring out where we were going to kind of place him. And um, we decided to strip everything back go for a really honest organic beautiful uh ep recorded with a, a an awesome talented producer called matt matt ingram at urchin studios in east london and um just recorded five really beautiful honest songs and suddenly christy went from this really talented raw talent uh to oh right this makes a bit more sense now okay you know you can place him 
uh, I, I, you know who his contemporaries are. He's a young lad from Glasgow, singer-songwriter from Glasgow. There's another singer-songwriter from Scotland who's doing particularly well at the moment. There's actually a couple. So there's a sort of scene going on there anyway. Mm-hmm. That's just an example of somebody who felt like the perfect artist to sign and spend a year and a half developing and building to a point where they were ready to present to the market. Are you are you getting a lot more out of working with acts at this stage of their career that you know you're really relishing the opportunity to develop properly properly develop I love I that I absolutely love that and 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 credit to to Decker I was I was able to do that in my old job a little bit of course there was a bit more sort of pressure on it time pressure on it mm-hmm. um and, and and you have to answer to to uh some difficult questions but with with made the purpose of this is to is to invest money in these artists in the right places to build them to a point where they are ready to 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 upstream to the the the, the major label um to, to to universal so i've absolutely loved getting stuck in, in in the development each act that we work with um has different challenges different strengths um I've, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Uh, I I uh, I've learned so much as well personally. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the A and R role that I did before. It was so focused on A and R and A and R only. And now because we are running a label, there's so many different elements to running a label. Right. My, my knowledge and base is is now far wider, and my contacts is far wider than just A and R making a record. There's so much more to it. Who are you? Um, who are you speaking to now on a kind of daily, weekly basis that you weren't at Decca? Obviously, not names, but you know what yeah. roles, what people. Great question. PRs, right? That I would never really have been in touch with. Um, radio pluggers, right? There was somebody at a major record label to, to do, do yeah. that to deal with those people. DSPs on a <laughs> weekly basis. I'm I'm in touch with Amazon. I'm in touch with Deezer. I'm in touch with Apple. I'm in touch with with Spotify. Um, it's all of these you know, international. All of these different um, different people working in different countries, working on our acts in Germany. You know, PRs in Germany, um, in Scandinavia, um, sync people. You know, we have a a, a person. Um, called Abby, uh, Abby Ennis, who, who works with, with us on one of our acts, who I didn't really know before because we had a sync department at Universal and we had Globe who kind of took care yep. of all that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of different people, a lot of, a lot of different um, groups that I, I, I'd never worked with previously. And it's fun. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it makes- but hard work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard work, but um, I, I'd, I'd say that the relationship I have with the artists now has changed as well because you're more of a sort of, you're in it together. You're more of a sort of buddy, really, I'd say. And I've always tried to have that sort of relationship with, with artists. Right. Um, and when earlier on in the process, I think that's easier and there's more there's more opportunity for yeah, that because yeah. um, we're learning off, off each other. Um, Christy's a really good example you know he's become a great friend just because we're sort of on the journey together Mm -hmm. trying to make stuff happen together (laughs) 
what are the conversations with with the artists like at this level are they much more kind of this is my art this is my creation i want you to kind of nurture it and and be nice to it what are those conversations like yeah they 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 vary from from artist to artist uh something that really surprised me when i would start the cell of of medium was um a lot of a lot of artists at that point in their career were a bit nervous about the universal bit right again super naive of me thinking well you know being a, a an indie label essentially that feeds into the largest record label in the world what a perfect mechanism for a new act but they, they're nervous about that they, okay. they, they are nervous about the, the major label upstream some of them from someone who speaks to people probably a couple of steps before the the what the, the step that you're talking about there is a big big majors bad indies good there's there mm. it's very black and white at that really really f- at that early stage and it it does seem like you have to go up a number of rungs before you really kind of understand the mm. nature of it all and how it all fits together and actually it's not black and white good and bad right and wrong it's there's there's steps and there's the right people and things like that yeah it's so true it's so true i would say that made um within the industry there was a lot of a lot of artists were kind of aware of made or if they weren't aware of made um were aware of sigrid and aurora um and so that obviously helped the cell i am working well I, i obviously signed aurora but i'm working with pear who launched the management company that that is responsible for those two artists out of a small town in 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 norway Mm -hmm. so um that was a really uh nice conversation to 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 have with with artists as i say when i moved over i don't know if i have said this actually when i moved over from 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 decca to to made i had a list as long as my arm of of artists that i'd been watching that i'd kept an eye on that i had relationships with Mm -hmm. um so uh as soon as i moved over you know i was hitting a few of these artists up sort of saying right it's time let's get to work kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they were normally very interested in in the sort of model that we had the deals that we are offering are your sort of standard not standard but your more kind of independent deals uh, I don't know if you want to go into detail about that sort of <clears throat> feel, thing. Feel free to to share the, I guess, the big, the main differences that you would see between the kind of yeah. deals that you get from a major and ver- versus what you're handing out. Well, we would normally, um, it, it would vary from artist to artist, but we would hope to do maybe two EPs and an album, an option to do an album. Um, and and the, the deals that we offer would normally be uh, like a 50-50 split on net receipts right uh, and that is sort of generally considered your standard indie deal whereas when they're when an artist uh goes into the universal system it moves away from that and moves on to a more standard major label deal which is like a ppd uh deal um we definitely don't have to go into too much uh detail about the the the, the differences there yeah. but um it's definitely probably the, the the indie deal is more considered more of a sort of artist friendly deal, um, uh, and and uh, if the artist is successful, then there's probably um, uh, the opportunity to, to 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 make money and to to re- actually 
break even and and, and recoup or whatever is uh, is easier. So mm-hmm. um, the 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 money that we are are investing is obviously smaller than than a major. Yep. Um, but we can kind of offer many things that are that a major deal can at the same time. There's certain things that we can't offer, and that's scale. I mean, that's why majors are just awesome at what they do when something needs an injection of money and uh manpower uh, people power manpower across territory they are you know they're unbelievably effective we, we can't do that but what we can do is say okay we're going to sign you and we are going to focus on the uk we're going to focus on germany we're going to focus on scandinavia and we're going to make some noise and then off the back of that we can make plans to to grow from there kind of thing mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, artists artists have sort of generally been quite positive about how the the, the the indie bit of the deal looked. Some of them have been a little bit nervous about the 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 um, the upstream. There's been artists that have said we will not sign with you unless you kind of uh, remove that from the deal, and we've 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 got permission from Universal to do that once okay. or twice, um, which which was cool. Um, so that that's that's an interesting element that even though you are. In, you know, running independently, you do still have that relationship there and built into the contracts is this idea of this is what the idea is, is that we'll work with you and then you will work with somebody else. Um, and that you kind of, in the nicest way possible, have to ask permission for that to be removed. But it's okay that it could yeah. be removed. You know, you could if you wanted to. And I was looking at the roster and there's, a, you know, there's it's it's... It's not hugely eclectic, as in you haven't got jazz and metal and dance and this, that, and the other. But it, mm. you know, you're, you're in a kind of a mainstream alternative space. pop, alternative yeah. pop space, probably. But then, yeah. for instance, eventually, if you did go down a road where something that was much more electronic focused or much more guitar focused or whatever suddenly demanded that maybe you worked on it and then upscaled it to someone completely different. Or you mm. were looking at working with completely separate, larger indie label, for instance, that that's not off the table completely. So there's, yeah, there's you, lots of room to manoeuvre around and play with how you are developing someone. Yeah, we found that out as we've gone along as well. There hasn't, there hasn't been a set route and a set plan that you have to follow. You, that we work together with Universal to come up with the best um, option for, for the, the acting question. Universal will want the option the opportunity to sign something before any of their rivals that's the whole that point is, of why they do it yeah that is why they are in this business so if we if they have that opportunity they are happy for us to to quietly go about our business and do our thing so when we have an artist that suddenly there's a song that connects at streaming or suddenly there's 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 a buzz around an act out of you know for whatever reason they've had a sync on a advert or whatever it might be Universal will put their hand up and go, ah, that's on made. That's our thing. Um, this act looks really interesting. Uh, Sony have offered, Warner have offered, but Universal have actually invested the money in the label, which has invested the time mm-hmm. and energy and attention in into the, the artist. So the option is there to at least discuss um, the artist signing to Universal, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why they do it. And Sony have got their own labels that do the same, and and I'm sure Warner do too. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it it's gonna take 
longer than I thought. I think it was a three-year deal with Universal, and I think we need another year and a half from now to really get a sort of a picture of where we're at with the label and where we're at with the artists. I mean, I'm obviously, obviously the last three to five months haven't necessarily helped that side of things. There's... It's, been des it's been desperate, Dan. I know we weren't going to bang on about it, but for us as a label that spent a year getting yeah. every, everything into shape, getting, getting ready to launch and um, moving into sort of January to press the button, the go button, and then to get that sort of the pandemic hits in, in Feb and, and it's been a write-off since we, we made the decision to carry on releasing music and um, uh, there's been challenges that come with that and, and we, are, we aren't able to fully uh, run a campaign as we'd like. Right. So it's worked against us, but that's probably why as a label we need a bit more time uh, to, 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 to really sort of show what we can do, you know. Has it really been the lack of live that has hampered you the most or is it something different that you can work around that little bit easier than just right well this isn't available anymore so we can't yeah, do that lives lives been a huge challenge we have an act called coco um who who had a really good live plot for this year for a new band that launched in november last year first single out late uh, last year mm -hmm. they played a sold out london show in january they had another um, Camden Assembly show on sale um, for May time, I think it was. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. We had five festivals booked. We had um, some other kind of showcasey bits and bobs organized for the year. Uh -huh. And um, they've just all fallen through. So a, an act like Coco, who was going to be live, is going to be so important for that band. Um, it, it's been a, it's been a, a nightmare. Um, there was a real sense that we were building a story and an excitement around the band and that just not disappeared but if they can't go out and perform these songs to potential fans it's it's really quite tricky you mentioned uh that you're now working directly with the SPs, yep. the Amazons, the Apples, the Spotify's of this world. Uh, in a lot of our conversations and a lot of conversations that we have with other friends, it's all, it, it seems to come down to did so-and-so streaming platform get on board, get behind. Um, what's your take on the influence that these companies now have bear in mind that they are not technically music companies if you really wanted to to be nitty-gritty about it i mean I'm, i look at spotify every morning these days and the amount of energy they're putting into pushing podcasts mm. more than more than the music side of things is starting to become obvious so it's, it's like how much from your perspective, this influence, how much you have to be thinking, all right, are they going to get involved? Are they going to, are they going to help us out? What's your take on that? Is it, is it the same as we hope Radio X get involved? Is it on a par with that? Or are they really, are they much bigger gatekeepers than radio you know, ever I, were? 
I don't. I wouldn't call it gatekeepers. I would just say that we are in a really odd time at the moment, where there are a handful of people that will basically decide on the success or, or, of of a song or an artist, and they have a, a huge amount of power. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's there's a number of different DSPs, and they all have their own ways that they operate, and yep. and some are uh, are easier than others. Of course, there's there's one particular uh, DSP that's the largest and um the most difficult to 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 get results from but um the us as a label we are heavily reliant on on uh on on having songs that connect successful songs that that Mm -hmm. stream well on these platforms and if we don't have songs that connect and stream well then this record label will probably struggle Mm-hmm. Uh, because we need to, of course, show that what we're doing is is working and getting results. And so we are so massively reliant on the DSPs to support and get involved. It is, it is I can't even explain to you. On a Thursday night before the release of a song, uh, I'll have a sleepless night um, wondering what's going to happen what results we'll have with a single mm-hmm. or with a with a new release and um if it goes well and we get support it changes the whole campaign it, it, from day one whereas if if maybe a song that you you believe in doesn't necessarily get the support that you hoped it's kind of like especially now with with what's what's happened with the virus it's the case of uh, what what now? Where do we go with this campaign? We, we haven't got anything to show anybody. Right. Um, we haven't got any in, uh, positive streaming figures, uh, which means that we can't get this press piece that was sort of dependent on us having a good start. Which means that we're probably not gonna um, the ticket sales are probably not gonna go up because there's no visibility on the on the band or the artist because the songs sort of not flopped, but. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's a really tricky one. And sometimes I can't help but feel like thinking, I think to myself, has this song been heard? Has this song that we've we've put huge amounts of time and effort into creating, has anyone listened to it? Right. Have they listened to it in the right context? Were they in the right frame of mind, the right mood to listen to this? Mm-hmm. Has it... And, and we don't get feedback and I'm not saying we should get feedback, but I would just love to know whether a song has been heard or not. So you're, you're saying not as in you're, you're saying from the company, the, 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 the people that decide what goes on playlists and things like that. Have they even heard it? Not even it, nothing beyond that. Yeah, they've got so much music. Well, that's what I was. To. That's what I was going to go to. It was like if if you've and got those five or six platforms and there's thousands, if not tens of thousands, of songs being released every day from every level, whether that's DIY artists all the way up to up to the majors. It's a lot of music to to get through. Yeah, it's it's so much music and 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 impossible for the amount of people that do that job. Those 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 playlists um the editorial uh it's impossible for them to hear everything so uh and of course add to that the complicated structure in terms of priorities and there's just so many different 
people and, 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 and types of companies releasing music now. And sometimes I just feel like, how do you get yourself up there? If you have a hit and you have a song that connects, moving forward, it gets easier and easier. But when you're a, a label like we are launching new artists all yeah, the yeah. time from nothing, uh, that that's tricky. That really is tricky. And there's also, it's, it's difficult to build a campaign where you release a song and it gets support and you follow it up with a song that you feel really good about and that you think is going to connect and it gets nothing because you can't create that momentum mm -hmm. uh, uh, around an artist and around a campaign. So that, that's tricky. Is it all about the official playlist is it, or is it? are you also looking at those influential businesses and companies and brands that have a presence on any one of these platforms as well? And so if you don't necessarily get one, are you looking for for the other ones at the same time or is it is it one and done the official playlists are the ones that move the dial really to be honest and and what you'll find is you know there's this new music friday that exists on on spotify yeah. and uh, you find if you if you receive support on new music friday there is normally more support that comes in from other playlists uh that are, that are run by spotify and that's when you can you can really sort of build up some momentum there right. a new music friday and within two or three days you've had two or three other ads on large playlists um and songs that songs stay on these playlists sometimes for longer than than a week which yeah, is all yeah. you get on a new music friday if you don't get a new music friday are you going to get the the additional playlists Probably not. The chances are you won't. Um, you, of course, can, as a song is released and starts showing signs of life, say, good press, radio ads, et cetera, et cetera, you can, of course, let the DSPs know, keep them up to speed with what's happening and development uh -huh. and progress that's happening. But that doesn't mean that they have to, to support it. So um, it's hard, Dan, because, of course, our responsibility is to, to, to um, as a label is to get these playlist ads and to yep. get the support from these DSPs. So when you don't, we have to answer to the, the artists and their management. And, and that's, that's quite tricky. Um, we are so heavily reliant on the, on the DSP support. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's important to say that it, when when you don't get the support on a release of a song, um, it can it could be really miserable. It can really affect the campaign. It can make everybody lose faith, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you do get that support and you have that little bit of uh, support from 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 one of the DSPs, uh, there is nothing better. It's that sort of feeling of validation yeah, yeah. and that sense like someone listened to this <laughs> and they loved it and they they really liked it and and they've they've decided to 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 give it some support and that's a wonderful feeling we have the the dsps um we don't if we release a song uh rarely will we just not get support mm -hmm. but one week we might release a song and Amazon, who we have an amazing relationship with, will release a song and they'll they'll really support a track, but maybe we'll miss out at Deezer or maybe uh, Apple won't necessarily get it or they won't have playlists that they think are right for it. But then Spotify give it some support. Yeah, yeah. And then the, ne the next release, Amazon don't get on board for it, but Spotify get on board for it and Apple have loved it. So you, you kind of... Every release is you're is always different. juggling it all over the place. Yeah, 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 and and you hope that a label like us, maybe if we we get two EPs down, 
um, 10 songs with, with bonus material that by that point, all the DSPs are aware of this new act. You have X amount of streams. You've got one song that's really connected uh, in, 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 a, in a really good, good positive way to a point where the artist is sort of then ready to go on to the next level, to, to the next stage. We will have done our job as yeah. a label and warmed up all the DSPs to this act. They're not going to go into the Universal Music, the major label, cold. They're going to mm -hmm. know about this act. They're going to have streaming figures, positive streaming figures, and a kind of they'll, they'll have done the first couple of hurdles already. Yeah. That's sort of how I view our, our, our role. But hopefully, making enough money as a label to to, to, to keep going, to yeah, 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 to reinvest. Yeah, cool, nice one. Very, very last thing. This is I'm going to be releasing this. First of August, I think the idea is. So, as of first of August, what is there going to be for listeners to look to go and find and listen to that we should? Yeah. So we will have what? Well, we will have um, lots of new music, a new Coco EP, uh, which is sounding good. We are going to launch a new artist called Greta isaac um there's already music on spotify that, that, that greta has released but we've got a new ep mm -hmm. uh which is sounding fab we've got a new producer from uh from america called ram r a h m uh and he's fabulous and um a new christie record we were just we're just releasing the first ep at the moment and recording uh the second record at the moment and that's sounding fabulous um so yeah lots of good music to cool come. smashing thanks for chatting thanks. thanks dan uh all of this with a hangover this time yeah Thank you very much to Danny for spending some time chatting to me. It's always a pleasure. Do check out Made Records. Do have a listen to some of the acts that they're working on over there. Links are, as always, in the description. But until next time, that's enough from me. See you later.